This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello, it's Paul Wheelock and welcome to your latest podcast on the Blood Red channel. Hopefully you've had the chance to listen to James Pearce's interview with Dietmar Hamann about Tuesday's Champions League match with Bayern Munich at Anfield. It's fair to say that Didi will go down as one of Gerard Houllier's best ever buys. And if this last year or so is anything to go by, Andrew Robertson will be the same for Jurgen Klopp. It's hard to imagine now a Liverpool side without Robertson in it. It was only around 12 to 13 months ago that the new Scotland captain was establishing himself in Klopp's starting lineup, but since then he's become the best left back in the Premier League and one of the best left backs in Europe. However, his rapid rise has not come as a surprise to the manager who handed him his professional debut. Former Celtic and Scotland defender Jackie McNamara was in charge of Dundee United back in the summer of 2013 when he signed Robertson as part of a double deal from Queen's Park that cost just £5,000. Fast forward a year and Robertson was making a £2.85 million move to then Premier League side Hull City. But only after then Everton manager Roberto Martinez failed to follow up his serious interest. We'll have more on that in the chat I had with Jackie on Friday. And as well as being a top former fullback himself, Jackie is superbly placed to give a first-hand insight into Robertson's rise, the person behind the player, and just how much better Liverpool's number 26 can become. I hope you enjoyed this podcast, and we'll be back on Monday with Blood Red and all the build-up to that Munich match. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Well, hi Jackie, thanks very much for agreeing to speak to me about Andrew Robinson. You okay, mate? I'm good, I'm good, thanks. I'm very good. Yeah, well, it's probably around this time last year that Andy was really making his mark on the Liverpool side and fans were beginning to see what kind of player they had on their hands and you fast forward a year and he's now recognised as one of the best left-backs in, in Europe as a as a manager who gave him his break in professional football. How pleased have you been by his development? Yeah, delighted. I think um, you know, actually in an interview last year um, before he broke into the team about him being patient waiting for his opportunity at Liverpool you know and I said then I said that once he gets in he'll stay in um, you know he's, he's one of the boys that he just gets better and better just because he's so hungry and uh, his attitude every day was, was, was spot on and that's a lad you know that will make it you know to the top Definitely, and I suppose he's shown that hunger when uh, you first met him about five years ago. Just to paint a picture, he was with Queen's Park, wasn't he? Playing in the Scottish Third Division and doing jobs outside of yeah. footy, and, and you picked him up for, for Dundee United, what I imagine was a pretty de- decent fee at the time. Yeah, well, actually, I'd seen him um, earlier on this, the season before. Um, I'd seen him with Todd against him, and I was manager at Parkett Castle at Hamden. And um, he was just, he looked like a wee boy, he was small and stuff and, and skinny and just he's on the front foot and, you know and obviously when I, before I moved to Dundee United um, he was one that I was trying to bring to Partick Crystal um, but I ended up moving there in January and obviously done a lot of work to try and get him up there and put him up to St Andrews to see the facilities in, at Dundee United and thankfully he signed for us Fantastic. I know without wanting to give any secrets away, I've, I remember reading probably last year around the Champions League time, was it, was it around five grand you paid for him? Yeah, yeah, it was actually for him and it was a lot of in Conley at the same time. Yeah. Um, you know, because actually when they signed them, the two, the two of the boys came in and um, there were a few complaints from United fans. You know, they were only coming to watch, one of the guys said they were coming to renew his season book because he wasn't like coming to watch boys playing from Queen's Park. Oh. So, you know, but they said for me it was a it was a very good um, platform for me because I was playing 
you know, men's football they played against Rangers four times that season. Um, so the experience the boys got for that, you know, and they were all hungry to come out and get opportunity for first team football and, and full time football and Shandy was he just took to it right away. It was fantastic. So when you, you got in there, I think it was around 19 at the time, did you envisage you'd go straight into the first team and play top flight football? No, we, we, we were actually looking at Andy and another lad for the, the left-back role. You know, somebody who had a little bit more experience, but, you know, it's, you never know how they, they settle in. You know, the first the first day, as you said, pre-season, Andy went into the kids' dressing room on the first team. <laughs> um, so I had to tell him, I had to take him out of there and put him into other dressing room. Um, <laughs> But you know, there's a lot of lads, even younger than him, that were that were playing first team at that, at that time for us because they were they were ready. You know, they were they were good young players and they got opportunity because they they merited it. They really went about their business and training. But I think it was the pre-season game away in in uh, Germany. We could really see that Andy was you know he was ready. Um, the teams he played in Berlin, he was a standout for us in, in the on the game. Did you see him as a bit of a kindred spirit? I know he was at Celtic as a kid before being let go. Your former club, and you're obviously a top fullback yourself. You know, did you did you see something of yourself in him coming through? I think there's similarities in terms of um, the two of us were rejected because we were small. You know, I was the same when I was growing up um, at Hibs. That's probably why I, I kind of take a, a shine to Andy and other boys like him. You know, that maybe wanting that second chance in football. Like it, something to prove because they've been too small at a certain age it took a bit more time to develop um, you know Andy was I was exactly the same you know I, I trained at Hibs when I was younger and then just at that 15 year old I was told I was too small as well and I went out and played with Inferman at 16 and looked my way up and went to Celtic so you know it's sometimes where it, that's the bit that makes you because you want to prove people wrong or it's, it's always there anyway just in terms of development at a later stage and Andy, there's a lot of similarities between Andy and myself, aren't we? Definitely. You, you mentioned earlier on that he, he's got this real determination just to get better and better, and he must have developed a lot of a lot in the year under you to to go from Queens Park to then playing in the Premier League with Hull City. Yeah, I, to be honest, I think just the, the full time football and, and focusing on it, you know, and the, the, the guys up there were, were fantastic. It done the, you know the scientific side the strength conditioning I think you could see a difference in him within that 12 month period you know he styles how he built him up, up in the gym and doing, the, doing all the stuff with the, the guys who are there plus full time and training every day and eating properly and everything you know properly done up there and Andy like a lot of the lads it, it really kicked on but you know I think it's obviously a frustrating thing from my point of view because only have them for the one season yeah you know, it was nearly six months. There's a few company look at them so in January. They were, you know, nothing is keeping seen at the time to take them to Everton. Yeah. Um, he, he came up to watch him and liked him, and a few of those came in from down south as well. West Ham came in and a few other clubs, but it was Hull that actually um, got the bids done, and then they took him down there. Yeah, I know you mentioned Martin. I remember reading that at the time. Did Everton ever make a bid, or was it just purely scouting, looking at him, looking at him, looking at him? Martin has come up to the game himself to watch him. He was impressed by him, and, um, but as I said, he didn't, he didn't, um, he didn't bid at that point for him. Um, he was kind of left to the, which I was, I was delighted about. He still had them for the rest of the season. 
definitely. I think he got five goals for you that season as well. It's probably the one thing we haven't seen at Liverpool just yet. Do you think he's got that in his locker then? You know, his assists are unbelievable, but do you think he can uh, score yeah. a few himself? Yes, yeah, he's definitely, uh, obviously, it's, it's a different level in terms of you know, the defenders up against the, the Scottish Premier League. But no, he's, he's got a good strike. The goals he scored for us were, were great. I think it was actually, I think it was six, I think it was six yeah. or seven. Because wow. the way we played, it kind of came from both fullbacks. We had a competition with the, the right fullback to see who could score the most goals um, in their system. And again, Liverpool. Yeah, do you think there's more to come from him? You know, you said that you know he's all about self improvements. With you know, it's no, I don't think it is a over exaggeration to say he's certainly pop, potentially the best left back in in the country, maybe one in the best in Europe as well. But do you think he can develop it even more in the years to come? Definitely, I think um, you know, you know, he's a bit better with age, you know. And, I've just got to ask you about Scotland, obviously an ex-Scotland international yourself. Uh, he was being made captain of his country pretty recently, big honour. And when I, before I was picked up the phone, she was just having a bit of a read about it. And I think you, uh, he said himself that the only previous time he was captain was with Dundee United in his last summer with the club. And he thought you might have been doing it to uh, try and keep him uh, away from people like Hull City. Is that true? It was, yeah. I think she had, uh, you know, we tried to, could end with a Premier League title as winner's medal I know you'll be obviously keeping up an eye on the title race up there with Scotland in Scotland with Celtic and Rangers but who do you see winning it for Liverpool and City yourself? Uh, you know it's I think uh, Liverpool have been fantastic all season um, you know I think it just, it's just getting that, that little bit over the line if you can do it this season you know there's no it just takes that monkey off the back doesn't it for the years ago the, the pressure's been on I think this is a good opportunity for them. Man City seem to be coming stronger now at this stage, but still, still a long way to go, as I'm sure both managers would say. But you know, I, I came up to the beginning Boxing Day, yeah, and I, I've been to Newcastle, and I just thought they were fantastic. They just totally played Newcastle, just the pace and energy throughout the team, and, and they, were, they were good to watch. And I think they've been a, a great side this season to watch. Hopefully, there's still a lot more to come and get them over the line. Definitely, did you manage to catch up with Andy that day when you were up at Anfield? Yeah, I'd seen him after the game. It's good to see him. You know, I'd seen his, his dad and that as well. They're lovely people, and that's you like you like boys like that. You see them. You know, he signed a new contract as well at the club, and he deserves it. You know, it's it's, it's fantastic to see. 
just before I let you go, mate, uh, I know you probably would have come up against Virgil van Dijk when you were managing Dundee United. Was he another player when you were on the opposite side thinking, wow, he's he's going to go on to, to big things as well? Yeah, yeah, I think with Virgil, you always knew that he was, you know, a real voice when he played. You know, sometimes you thought maybe certain games were too easy for him. Um, you know, because Celtic was mostly attacking. And you always get tested down here with, with Southampton. But, no, he's, and he's always had all the attributes. You know, his, his strength and his pace and, you know, his, his physique. Um, but he's, he's a good footballer as well, you know, and he's a, it's a most expensive centre-half about anyway, so... You know, it's shown so far that it's money well spent from Liverpool, especially when you look at the goalkeeper as well, we invested a lot over that in the summer, um, really strengthened the club and that's a big reason why they are where they are just now. Yeah, so fingers crossed Liverpool go on to win this first league t- title since 1990 and if that happens, particularly with Andy, I imagine there's a, a fair bit of pride for you if you if you see a former player, someone who you've you've played a part in their development going on and doing something like that. Yeah, definitely. I think seeing that in the Champions League final last year. Yeah. Listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.